Hey, this is Adam. This is Mike. And this is David. From Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover. We make a fortnightly video game podcast. Fortnite means every two weeks. Covering gaming news, game reviews. I give it five out of five tacos. And whatever crazy audience tweets come in. And sometimes celebrities like Arnold even stop by to sing karaoke. Oh, we, oh, I love just like Bozzy Each episode, we feature one burning topic, game dev interview, or super guest friend from the world of gaming. Check us out on the HP Video Game Podcast Network or on sbfvgs.com. I don't care about that. Wow. Hi, I'm Justin. And I'm Josh. And we host the Pretty OK Gamers Podcast. Think of our show as water cooler conversations with a little less gossip and a little more geeking out. My Halo, I think, is Legend of Zelda. What? No way. No. Who are you again? Uh, I'm Justin, and we're we're rather (laughs) okay at playing pretty good games. No, no. Every week, we talk about games and their history, and even ask ridiculous questions like, are open world games even good? So come join us every Sunday on the HP Gaming Podcast Network. See you there. See ya. How are you doing? Welcome to Weekly Games Chat. To our loyal listeners, hi. It has not been a war. It was just last week, right? To any new ears that might be listening, uh, I, I give a hearty welcome to you. Thank you for choosing us. Uh, we are the best video game podcast on the planet, possibly the universe. Uh, and we are you know, here pretty much every Wednesday to to talk about games and other things. My name is Sean, and I do not roll solo. Uh, Jason Derulo, when he wrote a song, Riding Solo, it was not about me. Today, um, I have my boy Chris, you know, uh, earlier this year, or sorry, not this year, it's 2021, people. Uh, Earlier, late last year, we started calling him the greatest ghost of all time. Uh, He is not, he's not, you know, gone away again. So he's, he's like. He's here. He's, he's my board blue. Chris, what's up? <laughs> what up? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, whenever that. I hear that Jason Derulo song now, all I can think about is the Han Solo version from that <laughs> terrible Star Wars connected. That's a that's a great one. Uh, but if if you thought it was just Chris and me rocking it again, um, booty, 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 rocking everywhere, that's <laughs> not the case. We have, we have a guest. Uh, we have... A, a a mutual friend, a fellow, um, a fellow friend who will, if I said Roll Tide, he would say Roll Tide back. We were talking pre-show on whether it was not his, I thought it was maybe his third or fourth appearance. He's thinking it's probably five or six. You know, it's somewhere in there. He's a He's an excellent guest every time. Once again, our dear friend, friend of the show, Jeff, what's up, buddy? What's up, homies? What's happening? 
What's good? What's happening? Well, uh, I, t- <laughs> I tell you, it's not this cold weather, that's for sure. <laughs> I, that's, I was going to lead off with that. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to the show fresh off the press, like, you know, at midnight or even into the wee hours of the next or of on one, this Wednesday, uh, there's a, like a nor'easter that's rocked the northeast of the United States. And yeah. it's pretty crazy. It kind of affected us here in the in the south. Yeah, me and Chris were talking earlier, and I was telling him because, of course, I don't have to tell him. He already knows this, that when it comes to wintertime, I shut down. I'm like a 75-year-old man, dude. It's <laughs> like I just shut down. If it's not 85 or above, my body goes into lockdown mode, and it has been just miserably in, yeah, the, the wind in my has, terms, cold here. It's been cold. Yeah, and, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, uh, and Chris even laughs. We Chris and I personally laughed about it earlier this week. Where he's like, it's it's not cold, you know. Chris is it's not. He's from he's from Maryland, uh, and he's like, there is no different cold. I mean, there's no cold like a eastern northeastern cold. He gives me crap every year when it gets cold. He's like, dude, this isn't cold. I'm like, it may not be to you. But if you are from here, like I am, this is just, cold. Just, just know that there are places where it is worse. And like uh, my aunt this morning sent me a picture outside her house. Just all these icicles hanging out, off. I think she said they got like 16 inches up there. Yeah. And I was just like, I could feel it in my bones. I was like, no, I don't want to ever be back in that crap ever. Well, it's, a, him, it's a different cold. Yeah. I told him it's, it's, it's been raining here for I mean, it's yeah, like it's been you'll get one day of non-rain, three days of rain. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that's living in the humid south or whatever. So my yeah. backyard, I've got my two bigger dogs, and and my backyard is just in the wintertime for the past two years turns into a swamp. Like mm-hmm. it's take them outside, let them pee real quick, and then it's back inside because you can't do much of anything else. And so, you know, between the weather and the rain, I've been just – I feel like I'm getting cabin fever. I haven't <laughs> left the house, you know. It's just yeah. For, we we uh, you, you're one of those who, because of COVID and the pandemic, you work at a place that uh, also kind of sent you home to be more of a telecommuter, uh, full time. And yeah, there's a lot of folks that I was reading on that where it's it's been it's been almost a full year. You know, in the states, we've kind of we've relaxed a little bit compared to other parts of the world. I think you know, especially like the UK and where they're going in like full lockdown again. Yeah. Uh, even though we have threats of <laughs> like ominous doomsday type COVID variants, but they, they say it's like, yeah, we're not meant to be cooped up. Like cabin fever's real, man. And, nah. and, and Jeff, it's crazy. Cause yeah, you're not a winter cat at all. Like Jeff is the guy, as soon as the spring sunshine comes out, Jeff, we're close enough to the beach. Jeff's gone. If there's a lake, Jeff's gone. Jeff's great idea in the middle of July <laughs> is to wait for it to get to like peak 100 degree temperature, take his shirt off and run outside to some like, you know, middle of the road and just lie down in it and just be like, ah, this feels good. Sun's out, sun's out. Bro. Yeah. Like he just loves the heat. <laughs> and like I we walk around the house in a hoodie and in PJs in the thickest socks I can find. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I we, we, uh, it's, we, we went down. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Chris. We went down to the river one year, and I just remember we, we go out to this, like, little rock area. And Jeff is, like, you would think he just walked through the pearly gates of heaven. He He's in his element, and he looks over to me, and I'm as just miserable as hell. Like, I just want to go home and play Witcher. 
or something like that. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the point I'm at in my life. And he's just like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, no, what, what's wrong with you? That's, yeah, that's just, the question. This is not that's natural. the thing. It gets hot here. And my thing is when it gets so hot, you can only take so many clothes off before you're butt naked. Exactly. And then it, naked hot is a whole <laughs> other kind of hot. It's terrible. Yeah, uh, it is. But, but when it's cold, us Southerners, we don't know how to dress when it's cold. My, I went out with a, a hoodie on the day, jeans, and I have on some some Under Armour slides with Zelda socks. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> I was weird. just gonna run to the store, and I went, "What am I doing?" It's like it's now. That was yesterday. Was worse here. You know, uh, it the wind was biting, and it got real cold. I think it's gonna get cold again tonight. Yeah, and we may we may be looking at temperatures what hovering in the fifties during the day and. <laughs> uh high like low 30s high 20s maybe on some nights and i mean that's i don't know hey, if listener here's huh? the good thing right about being at home when you're locked in your house you get to do a lot of gaming and you get yeah. to do a lot of tv movie watching right that is true. which when you're a guy such as me that likes to be outside you don't get normally get to do that so i have gotten to do some of that here recently yeah, which yeah. brings me to i know you like to talk about shows and stuff you're watching yeah you've seen letter kenny i know people out there in the world I need have, to. Ha- have seen it but have you guys seen Letterkenny? I have no idea what it is. No, I, I need to. Seven, I've heard it. No, I'm sorry. Nine seasons of it this week, and it's it's <laughs> hilarious. You have got to check it out. Uh, most of my watching recently has been on Twitch. I don't. Mm. There's a lot of people I like watching Twitch. Visiting an old show on Netflix uh, called Designated Survivor. Uh, I saw um, you were watching something else in in maybe in passing on Netflix, according to social media. Yeah, there's a big show going on now. But I, I Jeff, I want you to hit, to talk to me, or maybe you know, send me some info on. Is it on Netflix? Letter Kenny. It's Hulu. Who? Oh, Hulu. Uh, it, uh, hey. A very brief. Uh, what it is 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 it started? Uh, I think on uh, uh, YouTube. Jared Kiso, I think, is the guy. He's the main actor in it. A Kiso Diet. <laughs> no and he he started up on youtube it's like these little shorts i think and then it really took off it's a canadian uh film show yeah. it's but it's it's i'm telling you with with the richer jokes it is just hilarious hilarious yes. is it like rick and morty funny or is it like uh basketball funny <laughs> no rick and morty rick and morty obviously has its sci-fi sci-fi you know, wait, wait, wait. that's not no, 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 no. Basketball is not your favorite movie. No, uh, beer fest. Beer is it? Beer fest funny or Rick and Morty funny? Oh, beer fest funny. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I can't believe I messed that up. And then I guess John would be proud because I know I heard him talking about it. I watched uh, uh, Night Stalker. I yeah. checked that oh, okay. out. That was that was really that dude good. was evil. That dude he was, was man. An evil person. That's that's what I told Tammy. I was like, I mean. That, towards the end when you, you you get the the disclosure of who it is as such and you get to see him that guy had evil in his eyes i mean yeah he ain't like a ted bunny where you know there was some charm cut. almost to him you know no right. not this guy he's not the quite subtle type like a dahmer now this guy this guy was just raw he looked like he evil. he looked like he said evil his they they talked about his teeth witnesses that that saw him or survived said his his face and his teeth and you're like what are you talking about and at the end, they show that mugshot where he they're making him show his teeth. And you're yeah. like, oh, my God. You know? I literally woke up one night in the middle of the night after watching it thinking, wow, if, I, if, this, if that guy had been standing here at this moment, I'd have just passed out. You passed. And, and the way he did things, he'd take out the man first. 
boom, yeah. shot in oh, the head yeah. dead. And yeah. then the, the the women are sitting there going like, oh my God. It it was a terrifying watch, but I could not stop watching it. But uh, yeah, I don't have Hulu, so I might have to hit you up for that password. Um, <laughs> Hulu is Chris like, brought up a point. Hulu is uh, low key worth it, by the way. Like, I yeah, think it's well, the most dude, overlooked the, one of the big three. Dude, the Disney Plus, ESPN mm-hmm. Plus, and Hulu bundle. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get the the wifey, you know, to to tighten it up. But I got a I got a screenshot the other day that we got Discovery Plus now because it has Food Network and stuff. I got but that for free. Chris Chris brought up a good point. So he found out that in passing, there's a very popular show right now on Netflix, and I need to know if I need to watch it because I got to tell you, I am not feeling it at all. Uh, I don't think it's title. Sean, I don't think it's made for us. Let's just play. You don't think it is? No. Well, there were some yokage going down, and I was like, but, but it was it was very soft yokage. It wasn't like you know. But anyway, that's the way. That's that's a rabbit hole. We don't need to go down. The kind of yokage that Julie Andrews can narrate. I've heard Uh, she's the narrator. No, (laughs) this is the kind of yokage that you need to figure out if you're with child after yokage or not. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it's Bridgerton and. Tammy's watching that. See, uh, yeah, told you it's Bobby, not made for uh, us. <laughs> so Tammy is Jeff's wife. His wife. Uh, you guys know Bobby's my wife. Your and wife. She's she's flying through these shows, and one day I walk in and I'm like, "What is this?" And it's the English, you know, drama, Victorian, whatever. And she's like, "It's Bridgerton." I was like, Ugh. "Yeah, that's and I, that's I, huge." It, right you now. know, you guys know this. If you're if somebody's watching something and you walk by, if it catches you, you're in, right? true this did not catch me chris yeah. did, I haven't even seen a screen of it i have no clue. i i just keep seeing it referenced everywhere because it is like i, I think for the past like couple of weeks here have been in the top five of like the most watched on netflix yeah so you know that's that's the only reason i'm aware i have not watched it the only thing i've been watching really is just wandavision and after three weeks of investment of setting this whole entire thing up they finally had the episode that I would say I know Sean's watch Lost. Jeff, did you watch Lost back in the day? Oh yeah. Okay, remember like how you had the opening episodes of the very first season and then you got to the fourth episode <laughs> and it was the John Locke episode where you got that backstory and what was going on with him since he came to the island. Pretty much got one of them episodes this week where you're like, "Aha, we get the larger picture at hand of kind of maybe what's starting to go on here uh and it was it was a very nice payoff after a pretty slow build you know it's a happy ending (laughs) Uh, it does not look like we might have a very happy ending (laughs) that's a joke that's not you know um i I will tell you though uh chris what are we looking like on time we're getting close to 15 20 ish we're like 13 13 yeah so uh we can't we can't go in this intro and by the way, this is what this is. Uh, the normal format would be that we do an intro. You guys know this. And then we go into a topic. It's going to be mm-hmm. a little different today. You'll see in a minute. But uh, we talk about sports and the thing that's going to dominate sports. Obviously, this is our last podcast before. What Super Bowl is it? Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl. <laughs> so uh, on the way here, I, this is a fun fact. Uh, the radio, when I say the way, they're on the way here, I, I had to run an errand before I was able to sit back down uh but the radio guy comes on the host and he goes you know this is going to be the weekend that people eat all the bad food in the world for you uh but it's okay because it's super bowl weekend all the diets go out the windows 
What do you think the number one food ordered in DoorDash is? He gave this food, and I was kind of a little surprised by it. I, I'm going to go wings. Yeah, wings is my my first thought. So so Jeff and Chris both say wings. I, too, thought it. Wings is number two from DoorDash. Is it pizza? Pizza is like pepper, pe- pepperoni. pepperoni. Pizza was number five. Nachos? Number one. Number one. DoorDash, Super Bowl, since they've been in inception, food, cheese sticks. Huh. Okay. <laughs> then Wisconsin's I'm like, you love. Wings, dude. Super Bowl is wings. That's like, like that's got to be the Midwest because that's the, they're just like fried cheese. That's, you know, put it out there. They want it. <laughs> put it out there. That's funny. Um, we we I got some somber news, of course. Uh, Before you move more. off uh, Super Bowl, though, who do you think is winning? What's everyone's prediction? Uh, I'm. I don't know. I'm gonna go for the Bucks. I want to see Brady do it. Okay, Jeff, you're like. There, I, I feel like NFL? I feel like I gotta agree because I feel like it's just like too ironic for Brady to be back in it and not just finish it, and so so that we can say, "Yep, that's I, I see it." Yeah. Well, one of your favorite things is like, "Taters gonna take, haters gonna hate," and Brady's one of those guys that he haters hate on him, and how can you, you know? It's funny, the Patriots suck this year, and Brady is going to the Super Bowl again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Who do you know think what, is going to win? I'm, I do not know. <laughs> like, because until I see what the Bucks defense can do, yeah. I won't have an idea. But I have to say, the last two times these guys have played each other, Patrick Mahomes has come out the victor of it, including an it. AFC championship game. So, well, what have you done for me lately? The last game they played, the Chiefs won. It was a closer game. Since that game, the Bucks went seven and zero or something like that. The Chiefs went like five or six and zero. Yeah. Uh, so they haven't lost. Neither team has lost since that game. Yeah. So like something's gonna happen. I mean, let's put it this way: if if Patrick Mahomes can do what he did against uh, the Bills, I I don't know how the Bucks win, but. Uh, who knows? Tom Brady's Tom Brady, as you guys said. He is the GOAT for a reason. It's like saying, it'd be like us going like, yeah, Nick Saban doesn't have a chance. It's not going to happen. Saban. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, roll tide. Nick Saban, roll tide. <laughs> uh, what I was alluding to earlier, we did have a couple um, of pretty high-profile losses once again. Um, it seems like we got a lot of those kind of happening recently. Yeah. Um, Cicely Tyson. Uh, a famed American actress. And I was reading one of the questions that came up uh, to tie this into like Star Wars. I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the questions was, was Billy D. Williams married to Cicely Tyson? Hmm. Um, she married and divorced Billy D. Williams in 1957, boys. Dang. Of course, that's Lando Calrissian. Um, we also lost Screech from Saved by the Bell, Dustin Diamond. That was sudden. Uh, that was yeah. sudden-ish. He was only 44, and when you see people, you know, around your same age falling off from, from you know, to death, and you see that what they die from, he was battling stage four lung, lung cancer. Like yeah, Tammy and, told me a couple of weeks ago, she was like, yeah. it, it, like a couple of weeks ago, she was like, you know, Screech has cancer. And I was like, really? And then she told me, what was it, yesterday, dead for him, losing track of my days. She was like, Screech passed. I was like, oh, man, from cancer? Dang, that was quick. So, yeah, he didn't know he had it long. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so, I mean, it's weird, well, too, because you just like anyone's followed his path these last seven or eight years. It's not been a good one. And like 
when I first read of the passing, I was like wondering if it was related to that kind of stuff to just hear this though. It's like, yeah, you just got lung cancer and went fast, you know, that's downer. Uh, yeah. English soccer also lost a, uh, I don't know his name. I apologize for that. Um, he recently is like a hundred years old and he is nah. really big. It was crazy. I was driving home the other night and on Sirius XM, you can listen to, you know, radio from the BBC or, mm-hmm. you know, all, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was like the overnight show there. They're already talking about it being Groundhog's Day there in like the next day, which by the way, happy Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Uh, we're recording on it, of course. I didn't check um, to and see they, they, the they brought this guy up and they said he was going in and he had COVID. And uh, I think his name was, no, that's not that guy. Is he part that's of like the World Cup guy. team or something? No. Um, I will hopefully find it and bring it up. But he would, what I, what I wanted to get at, he's one of those, he lived to be 100 and he impacted his community great. That's and cool. I was going to end with that one because, you know, when you hear about death and you hear about things happening and the world is crazy and COVID, just remember, live life to the fullest. We only get one of these. And hey, we are all blessed to love video games and let's have fun with them, even though they might not come out this year. <laughs> right. We might not get a lot of video games. Uh, but with that, we're going to. Oh, gonna... There was one hour loss. The Lions lost Matthew Stafford. Oh, um, we're calling that a loss? <laughs> I remember the loss that Georgia took when they started Matthew Stafford against Alabama. Jeff remembers that, I bet, too. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Roll tag. Roll tag. Roll tag. <laughs> roll, roll tag, yeah. Um, oh, Chris, you texted me, buddy. Yeah. That's funny. I was like, buddy? What was I, what, what was I doing? Not being yeah. here. Yep. Uh, but but it, we are recording on Groundhog's Day, so I kind of like what we're doing. Uh, you're about to see that what you're used to, if you're used to listening to this show, is not going to be what's what's next. Yeah. So The topic time will still be there as far as in the notes for the show but i'm sure if you've read the title you'll understand why it's later anyways um should, should i stop this segment yeah that was a perfect button up chris and you kept talking uh, you were just like looking at your phone now yeah, now i you, don't know what to do i'm panicking and it's still recording pa- stop the stop it okay all up the press and straight to your ears weekly games chat presents the news. News. Yeah. Everything's yeah. out of order. Hey, Sean. Hey, hey. I forgot. I gotta go. I got now. I gotta go back to the page. So we had late breaking news today. We actually have two of them, but I got the first one. Uh, I'm just gonna read this courtesy of uh, Igin, sometimes called IGN. Uh, who reports today that uh, those who are expecting to re or looking forward to re-experiencing the acclaimed trilogy or just jump in for the first time, Ooh, EA and Bioware have now announced that Mass Effect Legendary Edition will be coming to consoles worldwide on May 14th. That's PC via Origin and Steam, PS4, and Xbox One. While there won't be specific next-gen versions available, the Legendary Edition will be available to play on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S via backwards compatibility. Uh, EA has confirmed the Legendary Edition will include the single-player content for the game, 
or all three games, along with more than 40 pieces of downloadable content, including story expansions, weapons, and armor packs. And the content will be playable in 4K Ultra HD with HDR, according to EA. I believe also it is running at a nice smooth 60 frames per second. And the one thing I really did like that they said, uh, for those who remember it, the infamous elevator scenes from the very first Mass Effect game, which were primarily due to loading issues, you can uh, skip those if you want. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, so nice. they will be taking uh, advantage of new um, technology, so to speak. Very, uh, ni- very nice. Though. Yeah, it doesn't look like, like you know, I watched the trailer and everything. Um, obviously, it's not like, you know, a Resident Evil 2 or 3 remake, right? But it still looks easily like the best version of, of Mass Effect from afar, so... <laughs> It's so funny that you bring up the Resident Evil games mm-hmm. with the uh, the legend himself sitting here with his Jeff Richard scale. It's fantastic. 6.5-ish. Yeah. And it, you know, <laughs> analytics, it made sense, right? Uh, you ready to move on, Chris? You good? Yeah, I'm good. You excited? Are you going to, I do want to ask you, are you excited about it? You know, there's part of me wants to be like, I don't need to buy this, but I mean, (laughs) I've gone on record of Mass Effect 2 being one of the, if not the best games I consider ever made. So I'm sure I will end up getting this either on PC or on Series X or PS5, one of them. Jeff, were you a Mass Effect guy? I don't think I knew that. I'm pretty sure that when Mass Effect came out, that is when Chris and I first started or, or first, you know, got to know each other and Chris pushed me along with some of other friends, Ron, you know, uh, but Who? pushed me to, to Harvard. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> right. And uh, pushed me to give it a try. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. I bought Life, uh, Mass Effect 1. I, I started into it and I just couldn't, I couldn't grab a hold of it. You know, it, it, it didn't. Yeah. And, and then he and then he ended up talking me into buying Mass Effect 2. And I didn't even play Mass Effect 1. And same thing. I just, I don't know, man. It just wasn't my cup of tea at the time. And I feel like if I've changed as a gamer over time, and if I went back and maybe gave it another shot, maybe on a, 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 a you know, a newer gen console or something, mm-hmm. or a PC even, that maybe I would, I would have different uh, opinion about it. But no, I, I, I never did. I always yeah i had uh i left the the same company we all work for and the guy that i worked with at the new company i remember mass effect 3 came out then and he was devastated <laughs> didn't like the ending <laughs> yeah yeah that's all i know about the um, series. what are you gonna say chris i, I was gonna say it just reaction to it isn't a shocking thing because like even when i first placed played uh mass effect right because um i was a big fan of kotor before it uh, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. And I thought it was going to be like that, and it wasn't. And I honestly made it about 12, 13 hours and put it down. And then I came back about a year later, finally, and played it and got through it. <clears throat> and it's one of those games where I was like, oh, this was the test version, and the story is what's pulling me through. Because once I did all that investing, two and three were the realized versions of that game. You know? Yeah. And if you got uh, invested, like you say, that's what the, the one. Yeah, yeah, two two's, is two's awesome. One. Martin Sheen just sitting there smoking cigarettes and telling you to go kill people. It's great. <laughs> well, on news that may not be great uh, for people who worked in a uh, in a development studio for Google, mm. uh, Stadia is platform only service now. Stadia and GM Phil Harrison announced Monday that it, going forward, 
Stadia will be a game streaming platform only and will be shutting down its internal game development studios. Quote, creating best-in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and the cost is going up exponentially, Harrison said. He continues by saying, given our focus on building on the proven technology of Stadia as well as deepening our business partnerships, we've decided that we will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team, SGNE, beyond any near-term planned games. Additionally, Stadia Games and Entertainment VP Jade Raymond hmm. is leaving Google. That's sad. <laughs> I asked Chris if that was a red flag that Stadia is failing, and, and you know, Chris said, not necessarily. It just means that they don't need to focus on, like he said, making games. Let other people bring the games to them yeah. and make that technology work the way it's supposed to. It's not like they're doing a subscription-based service in an Xbox Games Pass thing here, right? Like where having that exclusive content that would be on the service for you day one um, is there. So for them, obviously Stadia we know has had troubles, right, as far as getting uh, from the ground up. I, I hear it's doing better than what it was initially, especially for those who wanted to play Cyberpunk. If you didn't have a... A 3080 like Jeff, uh, you know, that seems to actually be one of the better options out there for it. But yeah, I, I, for, you know, I forgot you, Jeff had a 3080. <laughs> yeah, but you know, having a 3080 is nice, but it's getting the content yeah. to play over whatever your, your broadband is. Because, I mean, I may have a 3080, but I've tried other streaming services like Ubisoft's. And it's if you don't have the Internet for it, man, you're, you're just got, not going to get the quality. That's the holdback, right? And, yeah. Right, and that's why I feel these streaming services right now are they're a step ahead of their time. You know, they're putting the cart before the horse, and it's yeah. like it's going to be hard to survive in this world until internet service, you know, increases to a point that can support it. Yeah, and you know, European countries and listeners and um, other parts of the world that may listen to us laugh at us because we have one of the worst internet services like in the world. Yeah. And you know what's so bad about it is the fact that at least here where we live, you may you may be have a fiber cable or a fiber, you know, line connection uh just down the street and then the guy two miles away is is pushing to get fifty, you know, megabit. Yeah. Such as myself. Yeah. You know, it is it's irritating how inconsistent it is yeah it was really yeah. nice when at&t <laughs> left me a little flyer talk, talking about oh you, i should think about switching over fi fiber because you know i could get, get up to whatever the ridiculous speeds are and i go and research my address and it's like oh yeah by the way uh at&t offers up to a five mip download that's you know <laughs> five mip download what, yeah. one mip upload and i was like what is this 1998 <laughs> right you know you saying that jeff made me really think about when you find out that i got fiber after being stuck in the same rut you were for so long <laughs> you're 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 one of the individuals i'm talking about one of the friends yeah. i'm talking about that it's just like we don't live that far apart right now why and and if you really want to really want to start talking about the differences my neighborhood is probably closer to you know a city whatever you want to call it, you know, more populated error area. There's, there would be more arguable reason that I should have that fiber connection yeah. than where you live, but it's well, just not the case. You, you may have forget. I live very close to uh, your origins and you shouldn't have left home. You know, <laughs> that's true. That's what you get for the, but um, just to get back to this, like, 
in in the game development. I mean, look at Microsoft and what they've had to do. And even they, after like realizing, hey, we messed up, we should have had more first party, right? Like all that investment and buying studios and everything, the majority of it isn't coming probably for at least another year. That's how long it's taken. Like that purchasing started in 2017 and 2022 is probably when you're really going to start to see it hit right outside of like Kalo, which was already in development. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the problem for Google. And I'm sure they're just looking and saying, we need to make this thing survive. That's where the money needs to be. Make this thing endure and get better. It, it was a True. lot of drama. <laughs> yeah. A lot of drama. Hey, that's, we we got a follow up drama story. Oh, yeah, yeah. We you do. got you got some updated statistics. Yeah, I do. Uh, speaking of drama, the battle between the Reddit user board, Wall Street bets, and hedge fund shorters continued last week with GameStop price uh, stock prices elevating to four hundred eighty three dollars a share at its height. Oh, if you sold then, how happy I am for you. <laughs> We recorded the show and it was like what 170 we thought it was, and by the time we got done recording, yeah. you you got on either Discord or texted me the next day and you said, "Dude, it's like up to three or four hundred dollars." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god!" The day the podcast came out, I think was pretty much the height of it because yeah. uh, as that high continued, uh, the volatility of the stock, <laughs> along with others targeted by Reddit users, caused the broker dealer Robinhood, uh, which is own the most downloaded app so far this year to suspend purchases of the stock after last Wednesday before allowing limited purchases going forward. That started on Friday, I believe. Uh, the price as of today here, right before the show, I checked it is now down to a stabilized $90 a share. So I really hope there aren't any listeners who last week when the price was like a 300 said, let me put my 500 K in life savings on this well, if, because if you man, go into it and you got to know when to sell you got to know when to hold them you got to know when to fold them you know yeah um you know yeah it's been a very interesting case because obviously we wouldn't be talking about all this stuff if it weren't for the fact that it was gamestop right and we all know the reality of gamestop we've been looking at the news hits on that for the last two years yeah uh is where it's going but um man i just i really do hope there are some people that they got in like at say the end of last year for I think it was like 12 or $14 at the time. I hope you got your money and got out because man, that is a once in a lifetime return of investment right there uh, in that short of a period. So, ROI, yo. Yeah. <laughs> but that's crazy. Um, Yeah. The, and, and the, uh, there's targeting other things now, you know, the AMC movie theater chain. There were some other, I saw on the, on the news. And I'm yeah. thinking they they all this kind of popular. It's going to not be as, as same as the I, GameStop, I you know? think like reality hit today because that's the problem with what their game plan is. Right. The, the game plan was buy the stock and do not sell it no matter what. But now you got to a point a where it was so profitable that people were going to sell it because they just saw how much they could make it. Right. But then too, as it started to drop, you do start to get the people who start going, okay, I need to get out because I don't want to lose money on this. Um, and once that starts happening, it, it's just a run. That's what happens so quickly. It ends as, as soon as it began. Uh, well, speaking of running, Chris. Oh. 
uh, Netflix has got to go fast so Netflix can Netflix and chill. And this will make sense when I read this. Uh, Netflix continued to invest in video game adaptations as the company announced Sonic Prime. See what I did there with the run, Chris? Ooh. A new series, fe- a new series featuring everyone's favorite chili cheese dog eating blue hedgehog. The series will be at least twenty four episodes, so it's going to be episodic. Uh, it will be family program oriented and will quote draw upon the keystones of what Sonic lovers want the most: what rings, speed, levels. He goes fast. Fast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the series is being produced by the studio behind Ben Ten. And is due in 2022. So one year or so away, we'll get some Sonic on the Netflix, boys. Yeah. They, they're all about making money off of these video game uh, animated Dude. series. Like you and John, y'all saw the Sonic movie. And I mean, it wasn't necessarily bad, but it yeah. wasn't necessarily good. I think I also read they, uh, I didn't put it in there, but they apparently might have cut ties with the voice actor from that. Oh. Yeah. So if they do a sequel, it'll be someone else. I hate when things happen. You get invested into a show. Mm. The next season comes out and the one character doesn't look like or doesn't sound like the character that was there before, but they're trying to make it seem I, like nothing happened. I'm I'm fine with it though because uh he's voiced by the John, or Jeff will get the he's voiced by the dude who played John Raffio on freaking Parks and Rec. So whenever <laughs> I like hear Sonic talking in that movie, I just that's all takes I can, you out of it. Yeah, I, all I can hear oh, he is did him. The movie, the yeah, movie version. Yeah, yeah, all I can hear him is going, "Don't be suspicious. Just don't be suspicious." <laughs> <laughs> or saying just about everything he says right. in a hilarious way, which I'd love to imitate, but I can't. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's a really hard one to do. That's what she said. Oh, what happened? And for the long time, it was really hard for Sony to make Xbox games. But guess what, John? It's mind blown. It's crazy. Right. Uh, for the first time ever, a Sonyo studio, San Diego studio to be exact, will be making a game for Xbox consoles. The studio announced that MLB The Show 21 will not only come to PlayStation consoles on April 20th, but also to Xbox One and Xbox Series X slash S. Sony has stated there will be both cross-platform play and cross-progression. So, like, one of the big things that people love about that series, and I wish was in NBA 2K, to be honest, um, cause then Chris Love could just play every single game and never have to worry about playoffs and, you know, career progression like that, uh, is like, you know, you start in, when you start that game, making your character, you start in the minors. Like we're talking like low a and you know, it takes a while to build it. So you have people who have been playing careers of their characters for like over four or five, you know, seasons of the game, like releases. Uh, so, you know, it's nice to know that if for whatever reason they want to go from their PS4 to an Xbox Series X for whatever reason, I don't know why they would do that, but if that's what they want to, <laughs> they can, right? You know, when I, when I first saw this story, it felt it felt weird because in my head, the show is a, is a PlayStation game. Yeah. It, it's an exclusive, and I felt a little, you know, uncomfortable with it at first, but then I was like, Sean, I said to myself, I said, self, you're a gamer. This is good for gaming. Right. It's fine. So rejoice, baseball game player, you know, uh, folks. <laughs> like, you, you got a game coming out in April. And it, it, like Chris said, 
it doesn't really almost matter what console you got now, you yeah. know? Would you, you say that multi, would you say that uh cross platform play for multiplayer games is beyond its infancy as a concept now? Yeah. That, yeah, we, yeah. that we can safely say that we're moving into cross platform and really you're only gonna see the the uh exclusives when it comes to more of like uh you know like uh camp more single player campaign games you know yeah. isn't that where you're yeah. really only going to still benefit i think you hit the nail on the head the companies now are going to have to 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 bring us to them by amazing exclusives yeah you know? right right and right. and for me i'm i'm that sucker you give me a master chief title i gotta have an xbox you give me a god of war title or an uncharted title god i gotta get a playstation now so i mean that's but if gonna, you, if, I'm right, easy. but if you're going to give me a game that I'm going to play with my friends, no longer uh, can I keep it to myself, right? Yeah, yeah. right, right. Agreed. And I mean, even recently, you you know, we would play we play Rocket League, and you can play it on any console. They've been doing it for a while. I've been playing the new Call of Duty, and you have too. You can play on any console, Fortnite, any console. I, I'm not familiar with Apex, but do you know yeah. if they're cross-platform? They are, yeah. I believe and so. that new season dropped today, so that place is going to be bumping with everybody. I, I would imagine at this point, like the only reason it's not going to something's not going to launch with cross-play is if there's just serious differences between console versions that makes it very hard for them to run succinctly. And at this point, at least with Xbox and PlayStation, obviously Nintendo's a little bit of a different story, right? Because it's just a different they're you know their consoles going for different things right um you know i i don't know where you would run into those issues at this point because they're both pretty much built on the similar architectures yeah um, i mean like i said this crossplay stuff makes me happy uh chris do you remember and i know you do we used to write pieces for uh tony's old podcast yeah uh we used to do you know spotlight pieces and i got the one about uh cross platform play about rocket league and I remember really wanting it to happen on all the games because it. I don't think that that it's going to impact the sale of consoles or overall numbers like they no. thought it would forever. You give us good IPs, you give us good exclusives, and we'll yeah. buy your console no matter what. Yeah, especially now, like if you're the person that wants this the subscription service, probably Xbox speaks to you regardless of Sony's exclusives. And if on the flip side, as you said. God of War is your thing, and Nathan Drake is your thing. I think, regardless of that, you're going to own that console too, you know, yeah. or or at least that at least one of them. It was funny. I was uh, I was neutral guy when mm -hmm. the consoles launched, and I was trying to get either one or both, and I ended up just getting the one. But uh, I got a Chris when it, when Chief comes out, we got a I got I got at least borrow that Xbox if I don't find one. <laughs> you played on saying. your PC. <laughs> Speaking of PCs, mm. AMD uh, AMD's having some chip shortages, which is kind of unexpected. Uh, <laughs> AMD had a record-breaking year in 2020, but during their Q4 earnings call, President and CEO Lisa Su let it be known they are expecting chip shortages for both consoles and their new PC GPUs and CPUs to continue through the first half of 2021, stating... Overall demand exceeded our planning. We do see some tightness, yeah, <coughs> sorry, through the first half of the year, but there's added capacity in the second half, Sue said. And then as in terms of how we, how we think about these things, 
So for our full year annual guide, we do have a good uh, visibility on both the demand side and the supply side. Sean should get his Series X just in time to play Elder Scrolls Six. Be right at the end of the generation. Because <laughs> see, that's never coming out. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be a long time away. Uh, you know, NVIDIA hasn't said... Well, I think NVIDIA said, what, through April? And I'm going to be amazed if eventually they are not saying the similar thing. They just don't want to say it yet. I mean, but listen, you've had... What we've been getting, and, and I've been searching for an Oculus. I wanted to find one in the wild. Sure. You've been trying to get a 3080 um, through like Newegg or whatever you've been trying. All of our... We all have this thing we're searching for. And I'm starting to see the glimmer of that supply they're talking about, maybe that they have before before it gets worse again, that we're seeing things out in the wild or we're seeing chances. You've had a chance for that raffle. Mm. I saw an Oculus in the store and didn't buy it and should have. Uh, certain companies for a while had Xboxes recently. Mm. Um, some of them still have the Xbox all access thing. And I don't want to get away from the AMD shortage, but it ties in. Yeah. Maybe we get lucky. And some of the stuff pops up before it goes away, you know, for a while again. Or maybe we all get vaccinated and everybody can go back to work and, and we can have <laughs> chips again. You know, like not Lay's, potato chips, if, but like computer chips. If I was willing to make a bet, I think that AMD and NVIDIA especially really pressed from August to the end of, you know, Christmas to get as much literally out the door as they could. You know, because they know so. they know it's the holidays and people will spend. And Dude, I think they had now, to have had data to know that we, since COVID, we gaming went up a thousand percent. Yeah, and I think now they're at the point though that because we're especially because we're in between Christmas and people getting tax refunds, I don't think they're like when I'm noticed looking at the new egg shuffle every day. I'm imagining that is a very low number that we're all entering basically. Yeah, a what raffle was that to you get. said today? I was like, six or, of you got consoles out of the 3,000 that signed up for this one or whatever. Yeah. You know? Chris is like, the guys come into work and they're like, guys, we got six. Yeah. There are 4,000 people <laughs> in queue right now. We got six. <laughs> I, I imagine that, you know, it's going to be right now, it's more of a development side, like make as many chips as you can. And then once, yeah, like April hits. And there on out, try to really power in your restocks then, you know, because then you know that then it's a guarantee people have money, right? And that's usually when people actually buy and build PCs a lot of times is tax season. So yeah. that's what I think they're aiming for. And hopefully that comes true. Um, what is um, Lord of the Rings aiming for, Chris? <sighs> Precious. <laughs> Release them. Sorry. Uh, That's so good. That's good. I'm glad. That was amazing. I know. I could do that. That was good. Oh, I used to do that voice so much. Uh, the filthy, stinking game developer, Nacon, has announced on Twitter that they will be the ones who are publishing the Lord of the Rings Gollum. And that, unfortunately, the game has been delayed to 2022. One wonders if they needed to work on the physics engine that could capture the power of the Preciouses. Uh, for those of us who may not know the game developer, Nacon. I don't uh, know who they were. They just like announced this. I, I think they're the, as I said, they're the publisher. I, I can't remember that. I think it's like Draconian Studios or something like that as the actual developer, but they just 
came out and said, yeah, we're the ones who are publishing this and we're delaying it to next year. I'm fine with that because it was kind of like a mixture with the way Gollum looks and I get it. It can't look like the movie Gollum. Um, but even still, he looked like some weird claymation face thing going on. So, uh, I'm fine with them <laughs> delaying and maybe tightening that well, up. <laughs> their, uh, their wiki page does say they're out of, uh, France, they're a French-based mm. uh, video game company, out of Le- Les Quinn, so it's probably pronounced like Liquid. Mm. Uh, they were established in '81, so they've been known for designing and distributing accessories for video game consoles, and they do publish and distribute video games for various platforms. So they've been out a little while, you know. There were, there were. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, oh. We'll also see how they, much uh, the Switch sold. Yeah, they uh they apparently produced or had a part in Tennis World Tour, a PS4 game from 2018. I do recognize that game, so that is a game. That is a game. <laughs> um so so boys, listeners, uh if you got a Nintendo Switch, you were part of uh people, a lot of people who bought it. Nintendo has reported its popular Switch console has passed the lifetime sales of the 3DS. That is amazing. With 79.87 million units. That's a lot. That's a lot of units. Additionally, the Switch Lite console is close to outselling (laughs) the Wii U uh, in its lifetime sales alone. That's just, I I laugh, but it hurts if that makes any sense. Accounting for 13.53 million units. Finally, Nintendo said during the Q&A portion of their latest earnings report that it is not planning to announce an upgraded model of the current Switch, quote, anytime soon. Yeah, they're, uh, they're which, just like over there and they're like, are you going to release a new one? And they're just like, like count no. money, busy. Yeah, we're count money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when, Met- when Metroid Prime 4 comes out, we'll give you another. No, it's never. It's, sorry, John, if you listen. Yeah, there's um, two at my house that are still getting played. I, I almost wonder if whipped his out yesterday and just back into his switch. Yep. And I, it's just like that. I wonder you pop, it, you pop it open and play and you can take it with you. That's that's the amazement of it. What do you wonder, Chris? I, like I wonder if like they were looking at doing, you know, an upgrade switch out of worries of everything moving on. And now because of the success and everything, it's like the question is why would you? Why why spend money? Yeah. You know, when you can just go ahead and delay take whatever you're maybe working on here and just keep working to make it more powerful, wait as long as you can and make a true next gen system for it. Right. Next gen switch. Yep. And everyone's like, wow, I can, you know, just imagine if they get to the point where it's like 4k gaming on the go. That's, that's a pretty damn powerful thing. If you ask me, especially with like the way M.2 is going. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's another powerful thing, Sean. Uh, I, you know, Chris, I don't know, but I know that you're gonna you're gonna definitely enlighten me. I'm uh, gonna be enlightened in a minute. Games Pass. Oh, uh, yeah. Microsoft yeah. has announced that its popular Xbox Games Pass service now has 18 million subscribers. For those keeping track at home, that's just uh, 2.1 billion a year uh, that they make off of subscriptions. Uh, Microsoft also reported hardware sales have increased 86% year over year and that revenue from its game division has grown 51% with Xbox content and services revenue up 40%. Uh, 
On the whole, the company generated a record-breaking $43.1 billion, with a B, uh, in revenue with its cloud platform leading the way. And that is why Google, Amazon, and Microsoft will soon rule everything we do for the next 100 years. Because clouds. Yeah, uh, and, and I got to be honest, their subscription, you know, we reported, was it last week, that they kind of, we think they were trying to push out one one model of subscription to promote the other. Yeah. Uh, for Ultimate Games Pass, obviously, because that's that's their that's their home run, that's their go to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just did it kind of sloppily, but they fixed it. You know, they did it right. And they're and if you're if you're down with subscription based stuff, it's really hard to beat what they're offering. It yeah. really is. You don't have to physically buy a game hardly anymore with them. Um, if you have patience, especially. A lot of the things that may not be on Game Pass at first are going to end up making its way there. Uh, plus, I mean, guys, if you actually see the console, like their current console, the the Series X, it is a beautiful thing to look at in person. It is. Yeah, uh, very I great. got to see one, like I told you, at Best Buy. And I, me, me's, me's wants ones, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, even here this past week, Games Pass reaffirmed why I love it because... I definitely would not touch the medium, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not the guy who's like, yes, I need to go buy the new horror game, especially something that's maybe like a double A game like this. But because it's on Games Pass, I've been playing it. Jeff, Chris, do you have it. do you have a Ultimate Game Pass or are you PC Game Pass? I am Ultimate. I've got PC Game Pass, and I still feel that it's. I'm waiting for it to really hook me. Hmm. Like I have it, I, I don't touch it often. Um, <laughs> well, you can go play medium. <laughs> yeah, I saw that was added. Um, I need to check that out. But it's just, it, it still hasn't thrown the 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 things out on on the PC version of it that I'm looking for just yet. You know yeah. what I mean? It's older stuff. It's I just want a little more out of it. It, but. it has been good for things like like for instance, um the indies right like uh yacht right. club games new one the guys who did um dang it shovel knight their new game is out on it uh cyber shadow and then you know i think is is that new um super hot game that came out in december is that on pc games pass or is that just console i have no idea i'm not even sure slade would know <laughs> slade wilson too that's a great freaking game yeah yeah that's a great game yeah guacamole and guacamole 2 when chris and john reviewed those (laughs) those may be some of the lost podcasts i don't know uh it made me a fan of that series dude that's just a fun game yes Yeah. yeah there's there's gems on there i agree with you though like pc games pass works right now because it's what it's like five bucks a month right in it for just pc games pass so I could get why you can get by with that, but it's more of it's a nice compliment if you've also got the main Wait, console. I don't. I didn't pay anything for PC Games Pass. Sean goes. Did I get it up. on a deal or something? Because I have Ultimate Game Pass tied. Did you it? have? Um. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, did you have an Xbox Live subscription? Maybe. When you convert to Ultimate Games Pass, it takes all those months you had prepaid for Xbox Gold, right, or Live, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it converts it so that basically you have a certain time period that you're just getting games pass for free. You know that Hanukkah song that Adam Sandler sings? Yes. 
anytime I hear the word convert, I hear him say, he converted. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, but uh, listen, the news is not done. This we is have breaking news. I didn't even know about this because I guess I, I was so busy this afternoon when you told me. Yeah. This made me happy. So this is a very happy. <laughs> so if you just search right now, um, EA Sports College Football, you're going to get a plethora of of news reports. But basically, they're all going to say the same thing. The beloved college football video game is coming back. EA Sports is rebo- rebooting it Thank you. Uh, for the next generation consoles, announcing um, on podcast day, uh, recording day, I'm sorry, that it will end the hiatus that the game has taken since the release of NCAA 14. And um, if you guys remember, on the cover of that game was Michigan quarterback Denard Robinson. Uh, there is still a lot to sort out about you know what it's gonna look like what its structure will be even when it's like gonna come out people are speculating um you know this year but it might not be 20 till 2022 you know it's you remember there's a big Mm -hmm. mess going on about uh, the likenesses and whatnot in the game and and rights but the game is coming back to gaming consoles uh let me glance real quick uh Fun fact. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Who was on the cover of NCAA Football 14, the very last NCAA game? I just told you. Was oh. it not Denard? Okay, yeah, no. Sorry, I didn't hear that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it's coming out, and I don't want to – I was going to try to read a bunch of things together. Mm-hmm. I will say that it's not going to be called NCAA Football anymore. Um, yeah. It's going to be called EA Sports College Football. Yeah. That is super exciting to me. It really is because I yeah. loved that series when it was out. Loved it. Didn't yeah. play Madden. Wasn't a big no. Madden player. Right. No. But right. I loved the NCAA line. The problem is, and I missed it, and I am so excited it's coming back. Had a friend today. You see the news? They're bringing it back. And I'm like, settle down. It's going to be four years from now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> is that what they said? I said, no, but that's how games work. Just just settle down. It's, it's not next week. I, I don't think it'll be four years. I don't think it'll be 2021. I can see a alignment, maybe a July release in 2022 to match the, the next iteration of college football or something like that. I think the yeah. big thing is when does that new agreement that uh, the players in the NCAA or whatever – you know, with the California law that's out there, um, when does that go into effect where they all have to start being able to get royalties and all that kind of stuff? I would imagine that will be the thing that alleviates yeah. a lot of the concerns because then they can say, hey, we're going to just pay into a fund or something like that, profit a percentage of the profits or something like that. And then you could be like, for players, say like Tua, yeah, here's, here's, you know, a check for this. And that way we can have, you know, number 13 on the Alabama team be there. The question is just going to be how easily can they get the NCAA as a body back on hole, or is it just going to be, you know, kind of a couple of conferences and select teams that are willing to put their likeness in, but even still, that would suck. Yeah. I mean, it would suck to some degree, but even still, if it's, more of the gameplay that I think we all loved 
of college football. Like for, because for those who played back in the day, um, you could easily tell the difference between when you were playing NCAA and Madden just because of the way the players felt, how things there moved. Was, there was a pageantry. There was fans. Yeah. There was there was a band. There was it's everything that is college football. They were able to capture it in that game. And then when you played Madden, you felt like it was a professional game based on the way that the product was presented to you on you know Fox and CBS on Sundays. Like it, yeah. They really did capture that. I am reading that uh, EA says that it's going to include the rights to more than 100 institutions. So they're going through the, them first. That's good. Uh, featuring the logos, stadiums, uniforms, game day traditions, and more that fans have come to know and love. And that was a quote from EA Sports. So, so, so maybe it will just be it's not called NCAA, and that's right. That's know, why it's called EA Sports College Football. Because you know, and, and for those who have kept track the last couple, of years, Madden has had a couple of college teams in their story version. Like you could play as, you know, I think Miami, LSU, Texas, a couple of others. Um, so, you know, it's not completely new to them. They've obviously been experimenting with the idea of saying, like, can we do this and it not be a problem? And I'm fine. If, it, if, if even if it does just mean that, like, hey, when you first load up the game, right, you just hit a random generator and it <laughs> has an idea of, like, yes, Alabama is considered the number one team right of that year so it just generates a team that would equal being the number one preseason one right and yeah if i want to i can take the 300 hours to go make every single player on that roster (laughs) i don't think it really matters yeah i mean we may not get the full you know bowl of cereal that was the last iteration of ncaa football just get the college college playoff football. football Or I don't even need the bowls. Just give me college playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> I just coughed up the worst thing ever. Gross. Um, well, while you luckily deal could, with that. Luckily, I can mute mics. <laughs> while you do Holy that, Lord. Um, do you want to – wait, we're not wrapping this up. Do you want to go to the topic? It's – uh. You know, it's a little overdue. We left it in the oven a little too long. Let's, like yeah, an hour let's too long? Not, <laughs> let's not spoil. Wait, what? Spoilers! Hi, I'm Chris Penwell from ActiveQuest. And I'm Joseph Yaden. We are a video game podcast that takes a deep dive into the news, covering the latest gaming trends and stories pertaining to the industry. We also do our best to cover the most recent games and like to have an ongoing discussion with the audience. You can contact us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow or via email at ActiveQuestPodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. We appreciate you listening, everyone. And now, on to the show. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite video games? Like, how were they made and why were they designed a certain way? All of us as a team just start talking about video games. And so, what can we do to fix The Life and Times of Video Games has the answers to all of this and more, packaged in half hour audio documentaries that take you back to the past and loop you into the present. My name is Richard Moss. I'm a games historian and a journalist. And I hope you'll join me on my voyages through video game history. Find out more at lifeandtimes.games.
Welcome to the official topic of this week. And ladies and gentlemen, as you can tell, it is not a normal topic. It is, in fact, a spoiler cast. Spoilers! 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 I must warn you, we are moving into spoiler territory. Chris is going to tell you the game. You've already seen it in the title. But this is your last chance to have those ears clean and spoiler-free. Mm. We are not holding back. Jeff is here because he has put in a lot of time mm-hmm. on Cyberpunk 2077. He is V, okay? Chris. <laughs> Chris yeah. has spent a lot of time playing Cyberpunk 2077. You know his thoughts and prayers on it. Yeah. With that, Chris, tell the people what it is, and let's get this thing going. The topic is Cyberpunk 2077 Spoiler There it is. You've been warned. It's there. Yeah. Turn it back. We're, we were like we- looking, and we had a two-week gap here where we knew john was gonna be away and we we're just like what the hell are we gonna talk about because there are no games and, 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 we, and then, we we have come to the the fact that it's okay to do whatever we want yeah because you love us you and know? i was just like sean we could do a cyberpunk spoiler cast and sean was like yeah that's that's an idea so and was, i was like jeff gets to come on yeah i'm out and then i was like i'm kidding i'm kidding i love jeff <laughs> so before we get really really spoiler here um Everyone knows my thoughts, Jeff. Like, I yeah. have a love-hate extreme relationship with this game. Of just it hurts so bad. Um, but you know, like I remember you you messaged me the night you finally beat it because I think I I beat it a little bit for you. Um, but yeah. like you messaged me, and normally the way this would have been is it would have been the precursor to us going to the CBC. But because of the fact that like then the pandemic went to like new heights around here. We haven't been to the CBC since you beat the game. <laughs> so we AKA not... our watering hole. Yes, yep. yes, yes, yes. Uh, we, we have not had the opportunity to like drink a beverage and lament or, or in your case, maybe I don't know, boast about this game. Uh, yeah. So, so what are your overall thoughts on cyberpunk well, 2077? You know, I think you've been living under a rock. If, you don't know all the or get to see all of the uh, news and such that surrounds this game and CD Project Red. You the know, guy that lives under a rock, his ears just perked up. He's like, "Wait, what? Wait, what wait, is this huh? game?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's been tons of news and there's been tons of articles. Uh, it's hard to look at YouTube if you're into games or a Google News feed, at least for me, and not see some form of news on Cyberpunk 2077. Um, when I, my experience, when I first started the game, I had about a week into Immortals, Phoenix Immortals. Um, I put that aside so that I could start up Cyberpunk. And, uh, Chris and I did have in the beginning, uh, of this game, lots of dialogue back and forth, you know, and thoughts on, you know, impressions of the games and things of that nature. The biggest takeaway this far 
out, right? Because, I mean, we beat the game. What's, what's it been about? We finished it roughly the same time. Yeah, um, right at the end of December. Yeah. yeah. And the, the difference between my, my playthrough and Chris's is similar to a lot of games that we play where, you know, I may have more of a, of a time allotment where I can dive into side you know, missions maybe a little more than Chris, where he he likes to kind of head down the main paths a lot of times. Not saying he didn't do that this time. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> right, because we both had a lot of hours invested into this game. Mm. Um, I think at one point I, I got confused somewhere because at one point I looked and I think I had like 140 hours, but then today I kind of pulled it up and looked, and I'm sitting more at like 90 hours. So, which probably is a little more realistic. Um, um, the, one of the biggest hmm. takeaways for me this far removed from the ending of the game is, you know, like you said earlier, I played on a PC, I played with a 3080, um, I've got a really good gaming PC and I feel that the, and, and, and uh, this is no surprise that the game was developed for me, hmm. right? There's a lot of negative publicity out there about the game in regards to how it was released early and how it was, you know, should questionable, should it ever went to consoles, things of that nature. Yeah. But playing on a PC that can handle it, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the game. Were mm-hmm. there some holdups here and there on certain things? Were, were there a couple occasions with you know, cars in the sky, you know, (laughs) or, you know, things of that nature. Sure, that happened. But to me, the reason that that was okay and justifiable, at least, was because, you know, okay, so I feel like the game was put together by, and, and obviously it was, many different teams that worked on various aspects of the game, right? And I like to believe that, uh, there was a, a point where someone higher up said, okay, guys, doesn't matter where you're at. We got to get it all together. We yeah. got to get this ship. Right. Sure. And there were, there were teams or, or components of teams that were, were like, okay, yeah, let's do it. We're good to go. And then maybe there were other teams that were like, well, we're not ready yet. And they were told it doesn't matter. Be ready. Cause we're going to ship. Right. Um, but one of the biggest teams, I think, that did a, an outstanding job was whatever team really uh, was responsible for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, that the environment of this game, you know, I Chris and I, when we first started playing, he was progressing quite a, a lot faster than I was into the main story of the game. And the main reason behind that was I was like a deer in headlights. You know, I'm making my way around, this this city just looking at every little thing i'm watching every little tv screen i'm reading every poster on the wall i'm just taking it all in which mm-hmm. held me back somewhat because there's so much going on um maybe i'm being rather long-winded to say that one of my favorite components of this game is the fact that it's beautiful yeah it's amazing oh, God, yeah it's amazing and it it really i guess this is cheesy but it broke my heart that so much negative publicity came out about this game when it is such an amazingly beautiful game. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, and those words were echoed by Chris on this very podcast. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think I said like anyone who looks at this and doesn't like 
like if there's one team you have to give hats off to, it's whoever the artists were that were designing the city because it does feel like a place that is lived in in terms of maybe not like the characters themselves populated on the street, right? Like the yeah. yeah, there's issues there. Fine. The NPCs and all that. But like from the fact of like when you are in downtown uh Night City and looking up at these beautiful structures and then realizing there are winding paths that go to the lower levels um and that those areas can feel very different very fast, right? Like kind of how like say you're in New Orleans and you're on, you know, uh bourbon street and all of a sudden you make a little u-turn and you're like this is not the part town new orleans wants me to be in right now but it is a part of new orleans right like you get that sense of of like how well they curated this to be multiple environments and all that it is a spectacle to see yeah i went in i went in today you know earlier today i was like well if i'm going to talk about this evening uh, I haven't I haven't played in a couple of weeks. Let me let me go reacquaint myself with the world. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what it, it it just reminded me how amazing the world is because as soon as I jump in, I find myself in a a section of the world I have no memory of being in mm-hmm. because it is so expansive that I assure you that I can play every day for the next month and every day I'm going to see something new that I didn't see when I played before. Did but you, that's because there's so much going on in this in this, you know, in this world. Did you ever uh find the underground like park? That is it. That's yeah, exactly. Like, I I went I, probably 80 90 hours where you know I'd been in the above ground part many times just going through doing missions and something I think it was like a side mission or whatever led me down there and I was like where where where's this yeah. been? <laughs> yeah, I actually wondered has this been added as some form of an update since I played last because how have I never been here? You know, yeah. just a a park in the middle of this big city. Um, but yeah, I mean there was. I, I know I'm regurgitating a lot of what's already been said sure. uh, by you guys probably, but you know there were sure there were little things like the fact that I wish were better, like you know the the cars that you drive and okay. and how you feel like you're just driving on ice for the most part and how that the police in the game have basically no relevance. You know, this no. is not GTA. You're, you, you get a one star, you get a two star and it's, you learn very quickly. I can ignore that. It means absolutely nothing. The, um, the only time I ever got was cause I literally stuck around, waited for the police officer to randomly spawn. Cause that's what they do. They don't like drive up like they do in GTA shot him and all of a sudden randomly 10 more spawned (laughs) and and that's like the only way i ever got into a true shootout with them yeah i mean you (laughs) you run a quest where you know you blow up a van Mm. uh and then he says all right we got to get out of here the police are coming and he's it's, it's basically telling you run from the police and you get what equates to about a mile down the road and you're good to go yeah it's like yeah okay yeah you know I love the game. I had a great time in this world. I think the characters that that are in it, the character development is amazing. Uh, they really took time to, you know, put a lot into the main character stories. Um, you know, I, I, at least I thought so. Uh, mm-hmm. The the side missions, the side mission characters, eh, you know, it, it left me yearning. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of room for improvement because. I fin- like like we said, we finished the game, and once you finish the game, it's 
it's very hard to find interest in the game at that point. Yeah. Because the, the, I, I picked up a Pan Am, which is a character in the game. I picked up a sniper rifle earlier on from her, which is basically a rail gun. Yeah. Um, and I even asked Chris at one point, I go, okay, is this just a, gl- is this a glitch or is it by design? The fact that I can go in, I can ping a character with my ability and it pings all the surrounding enemies. And then I can just stand behind a wall and just headshot everyone, their silhouettes through the wall yeah, at, with no problem. Mm-hmm. And I think you were saying that that's more of a tech weapon that, uh, you know, I guess is by design, but the only problem is it just made it almost uh, unchallengingly unplayable because it's, you know, I just, there was no challenge to it. Yeah. I mean, you know? like, I remember Witcher in the later part of the game. Sure, that got a little bit easier as you leveled Geralt up, right? And you really opened up whatever path you were going to take with him. But I don't remember that game ever getting to the point where the back half, especially the final mission, right? Which is, I mean, since we're doing spoilers, like when you're actually going to Arasaka tower in whatever capacity you decide to do that mission. Right. Um, I, I never once, even if I had invested in the stealth, which I quickly gave up on because I just saw there was no reason to go into it. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty much just walk forward and shoot. You didn't have yeah. to think about what you were doing. If you wanted to, you could do the quick hacks and all that kind of stuff. But that last level, there is no challenge uh, yeah. on normal for anyone. I could tell I you, since we're, since we're doing spoilers, and I'm free to open. Yeah, open yeah speed, go for it. You know, um, in the game, Jackie Wells is basically, you, you regardless of which life path you take, I was street, by the way. Um, I was corporate. You and Jackie become like best friends, right? Yeah. You know, early in the game. And... The biggest thing that made me laugh a little bit was that the whole game is predicated by what you you and he do break it into Arasaka Tower um, and seeing what's his name um, Hironobu yeah, get killed get killed right he gets killed which is basically what the whole game is about you know he gets killed um, you pick up uh, uh, it's a it's basically like a shard um, thing that, called relic that you're trying to. Yeah, yeah. The relic. you're trying to escape with it. And in the process of escaping the tower, uh, Jackie gets killed. One of my biggest uh, beefs with that whole little storyline with Jackie was the fact that when the game starts, you meet Jackie. And then it does like a, a little two minute. I don't know if montage is the word to call it, but a two little two minute little cut scene of him and him, you know, party and bounce from bar to bar. Party, yeah. party, this and that and that. And then. And then it cuts in, so it's like, all right, let's get this game started. We've, we've established your best friends. Let's get it started. And then shortly after, Jackie is killed, right? Yeah. And I feel like if they would have put a little more into that whole development of our friendship, then I would have gotten a little more out of his death. It, you know what I mean? It, it's like that whole entire opening part from like whatever your life path was, right, to him dying. I feel like, especially the life path part, um, I feel like, whereas, like, remember on Witcher, you start out in White Chapel, where it was called, and that was, like, your first, like, eight to ten hours of the game. I feel like just the life path part, where you get to that cutscene of of you guys partying and rising up, 
that to me feels like that was the original goal of the life path. And they just, for whatever reason, had to cut it down because like, I, I don't know what your street kid scenario was like. I've seen a little bit of the nomad one. Cause I did star second playthrough and I was just like, I was kind of like how you said, like I beat the game and I was like, you know what? I, I can wait for patches and, and then we'll come back and re-experience this. Maybe yes, when Jeff, it's a little bit more around this part, we all like a good patch. Yes. Yes. We do yeah. like a good patch. So I've heard. Um, yeah. but you know, like the corpo starts out, you're in, you're working for Arasaka. You're a corpo corpo rat. Your boss is basically trying to screw over his boss. So he sent you off on this espionage m- mission, right? And so in in the corpo path, you actually start out already being friends with Jackie and you're meeting him at that bar uh, where his funeral is at later in the game, right? And you're talking with him, discussing this mission and out of nowhere, goons for your boss's boss show up, take away all your like corpo implants and you're left for dead. And then the next thing he's taking you to Vic and then we're getting the open cut, you know, crawl and all that. And I was like why what was the point of this like you know i was kind of like to me it felt like there was probably an original part where maybe for like two or three hours we're going in on this heist together to screw over my boss's boss and then it doesn't work out and that's how i fall into this lifestyle right like that's what it felt like it was going to be instead of just the 30 minute kind of you know interaction and and even to your point like i'm with you i wish like then instead of just showing jackie and you suddenly rise to the point where you can go on the mission uh that leads to his death instead it would have been nicer to have an opening act again that was more stretched out and had a bunch of different like kind of like you know grand theft auto type jobs with him you know, doing things maybe in his area, getting to know his family more instead of like what happens in the game where you more so learn those characters post his existence. Right. right. And that would be, you know, cool. as, as we have this talk, it makes me wonder, you know, like you said, you can, you can choose one of three life paths, Corpo, uh, Nomad or Street. Mm-hmm. Um, but you come to see really early in the game that, it really doesn't make a difference which no. one you choose. And it makes me wonder in the development of the game, did they reach a point where they were getting pushed to put it out there where maybe originally they had more intent for there to be a lot more lanes well, of, of story where, and then, but due to whatever reason, those lanes very quickly were just put to one mm-hmm. and then you kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, I well, think what's crazy is, is, is I know, and I've heard this from you and I've read this, mm-hmm. Uh, that the game, and this is from almost everybody who's played it that I've talked to, all agree that the game had an incredible, uh, like a a slow burn of a cigarette type intro before you see, oh, okay, now now I'm kicking into the main story. And if everybody concluded that, how in the crap did they not fit in stuff that made the story feel? I, I not th- like you guys are saying. Well, it's I mean, very confusing to me from gathering. I mean, like I had suspected, I was like, they obviously were cutting things. Cause like, you know, just the more I play this game, like I, I, the best way I characterize it is like it's initial impressions on you, especially night city. It does a very good job of sinking its teeth into you to go. I want to know what this is. And like, I want to be in this place. Right. And it was more of, as I played that I started to go, Ooh, they made sacrifices there to get this out here. And then, 
what was it Jason Schreier's reporting afterwards after the debacle of the release with people? It sounds like, I mean, you had the game that was kind of made prior to 2017. And then after the success of the Witcher, a new director coming in. And I think just certain things started getting chopped out for story wise. Right. Uh, just because they're like, Oh, we want to do this. Like, you know, we're going to re- redo Johnny Silverhand completely. Cause we can, we got Keanu Reeves money now, that kind of thing. Right. Happening um, to, you know, even like when you're looking in systems and you see there are certain upgrades that make no freaking sense. Like there's one where you take people that are stealth hostage and can hold them. And there's never a reason to do this in the game whatsoever. Cause no one's ever holding a hostage in the, in the game well, yeah, um, that kind of stuff but, sure that but i'm talking about strictly everybody says the game starts off slow af yeah the first 30 minutes are not. i mean 30 minutes i'm reading people that took two three hours to get to the main logo oh no yeah like yeah it's it's a but that's the thing like to me that's the end of act one is when the logo pops up i think honestly the logo was meant to pop up what jeff said when they show this montage of Jackie, because that was going to be the end of your life path, like intro. And it just got shortened to the point where they didn't want to do that. So then it became act one is really the prologue to the game, so to speak. Uh, And that's like your first eight hours of this experience. And I just think if you're really doing a deep dive, like there are certain elements of this story wise that cohesively, you can tell where maybe certain things were cut out that might have helped to build the bigger vision in part, maybe just because they need to get the game running. Right. And therefore it just wasn't working for whatever reason. I don't know that for a fact, but it just feels that way at times. So, so, so to recap real quick for everybody keeping the score at home on the spoilerage, Mm -hmm. you, you start a game, you get, you get to pick one place that you come from. Jeff named them. Your main character, and I said this, you're you're known as V. V yeah. can be a boy or a girl. You got an excellent. You said this on the podcast. He can be a big boy. You, you can, can, yeah. you can <laughs> edit it any way you want to. Uh, and then eventually you go off on a quest with Jackie after the character creation. You thinking Jackie's your homie? You're going up to oh, what'd you call it, Osaka Tower, and that's a big that's a big thing in the game, right? Yeah, it's primarily Jackie the dies, most evil. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're off and you're playing. Yeah. Night City mercenary person. Like, I mean, full thing, yeah. Like, basically, Jackie dies in the process. You have to take this relic in your head. Next thing you know, you're dead. And then when you wake up, you've got Keanu Reeves uh, in your head. Like, like Voldemort and Harry Potter's head type stuff? or like Kind of. Your head? Kind, like, he's he's a physical AI or an AI being copy of, of the terrorist, Johnny Silverhand. That has been injected into your head and is slowly taking over your body. So that's how they bring Johnny's. <laughs> so the trailer for Johnny Silverhand that makes sense then because if you remember how yes. we first saw him, he's kind of like he's he's like hey wake up and he's like right in front of you. You kind of have your blurry for a minute, and then he's there. Yes. Uh, and I've read I've read Jeff. I don't mean to cut you off. Okay. Uh, you're an esteemed guest, and that's not how we roll. But I've read, and you guys maybe can touch on this. Keanu's character, the acting is one of the one of the worst actors in the game. Yeah. So you guys can key on that. And Jeff, whatever you were going to say, hit it. Um, yeah, I was just going to dive just a touch more into the story that Johnny is basically a, a, uh, a rock star from what was it? 
like 19, 40, I think from now, like 50, from 2020 years ago. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. So a good 50 something years, I guess 70 something years um, from the past who basically got uh, outstepped his bounds a little too much and moved into more of a political world. Um, and it's really in a sci-fi vein, but anyway, uh, somewhat uh, did some terroristic activities trying to blow up this this uh, tower um, in which he was killed, um, and then they basically kind of uh, like uh, Ray Kurzweil's um, in, uh, Transcendence Man, good uh, documentary to go watch yeah. if you want, which is the concept that a person, what makes a person, their personality themselves can be saved to a, in a digital means somewhere in the future. And that's kind of what they do to uh, Johnny Silverhand and he's held on this uh, relic. And then it, it, at the point you, you try to escape with it. Uh, you know, like Chris said, you're forced to have to put it in your head. Um, you're shot by another player. The bullet forces that to release him into your head. And now because he's in your head, um, he's going to take over your body and you are going to die. So the whole point of the game is to find a way to get him out of your head. Yeah. And that's where the game goes from there. Um, something I wanted to speak on a little different, which, since you were talking about, you know, the early part of the game was that I think you'd be crazy to say that this game wasn't, didn't receive a lot of um, pre-release hype oh, and, God, yeah. you know, attention, right? I mean, for, for a couple of years it did, but I think, and maybe I completely missed the bus on this, right? But to me, the one thing they never really told you a lot about was really what the game was about and kind of how it played. I think they really hyped it up as this awesome, you know, looking game and, and things of that nature. But that was okay for me. I bought into the hype. I bought the game. I said, you know, I can afford a 60, 60 bucks for the game. Um, hopefully I'm going to love it. I started playing, and this gets me to where, you know, my question is, is when a lot of the negative a lot of the negativity that surrounded the game finally took off. You know, there was a lot of people returning the game because it didn't work and such. And something I really wonder is relating it to my own experience. When I first started playing, I was like, wow, first of all, I don't exactly always play this kind of game. Sure. Because it's in the vein of a mass effect that we talked RPG, about earlier. Yeah. It's oh, RPG, right. yeah. There's a lot of dialogue, you yeah. know, um, you would, it, it's just not, always been my kind of game where you you got to apply these attribute points in this skill tree that's a really involved skill tree you know and i gotta craft weapons and i gotta upgrade weapons and i when i first personal experience when i first started playing you know to me i spent several first hours thinking i wonder how far i'm gonna make it through this you know this isn't my normal cup of tea how far am i gonna and i wonder how many people experience that because of the fact they didn't really know what they were getting into, that they said, uh-uh, this ain't for me. I'm going to yeah. jump on this return train and return <laughs> right. this game. So I, I wonder would, what, it, you know what I mean? It what didn't sound like, did that? I think we reported last week, it, at least digitally, it didn't sound like they had a a significant amount of returns, right? So, like, what was it? It was the most sell sold digital game ever at release. And, you know, it was to a point where whatever the returns were on that, it still very much made its profits and yeah. <laughs> did quite exceptionally well. But I do get your point, like, because, 
Yeah, there's definitely going to be a contingent of people went into this and they were just thinking open city in the way of, say, GTA is, right? And they're going to get into it and realize, like, wait a minute, the guns aren't powerful to what they do, maybe necessarily right off the bat. I've got to put the skill points into this and it's only going up this much percent, right? And, like, I have to get better and better and better rated guns for them to do significant damage um, versus, you know... GTA, you realize, okay, yeah, I started out, I got a pistol. And then the next, at some point, I get a shotgun. And then I've got an AK. And now I've kind of got a good rotation to take care of everything I need to do, right? Yeah. Um, I, the game, the game yeah. also threw in a hacking system, yeah. which is, you know, basically a sidebar to your guns. You know, I'm sure you talked about it. You can go into it, you know, guns ablazing, or you can go into it from more of a stealth mode. Um, and it's, it's there what, for what you. I- was it more of a Deus Ex type hack or was it more of a Watch Dogs type hack? Uh, it's more Deus Ex. It's definitely yeah. like Watch Dogs is kind of just select and do. This was mm-hmm. the the big fun thing with this was you got rewarded doing their hacking mini game, which kind of actually worked interestingly like like programming where you would have to look at this grid and kind of go, okay, I know my first choice for the selection is going to go this way and then it's going to go down and then the next one goes this way. And like, you have to kind of, there are tiers to the hacks that you can do. So like what starts out sometimes is simple, might only be two tiers. It's very easy to get it done later in the game. As you're doing the harder hacks, like you, you'll sit there because the clock doesn't start till you make your first input and you'll sit there for a minute and be like, wait, can I go this path? No, I can't do that. And if you get really good at it, you feel, you do feel rewarded. You know, for uh, for your investment, <laughs> Jeff's baby. Yeah, Wilbur you, says. You tell he was nervous to stand. It's all good, man. Sorry. We're, no, we're, recording, was, we're recording podcasts in the in a pandemic. You know, no, we do our best. Yeah. <laughs> what I was going to say uh, about the hacking piece is the fact that sure they give you somewhat of a uh, tutorial in the beginning, but it's very lackluster. Yeah, and that's it, fair. It, it's, you know, you learn really qu- quick and early on that that is a. a um, a big component of everything you do is even if you don't use it as much as you would want to, maybe for stealth purposes, you still are forced to use the whole hacking menu mm-hmm. quite often. Um, and it doesn't really, it takes some time. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I spent so a lot of time watching some YouTube videos, trying to get the gist or the gist of how to use that hacking menu. Yeah. And before you, you learn before long you learn that it's it's not that complicated you just more or less just start trying to line up the numbers in a horizontal next vertical next horizontal fashion and Mm. it you know you can get it the point i'm trying to get with it and even where i went from the, the beginning of this whole thought is that if you are a person that picks up cyberpunk the beginning is and and this isn't your style of game the beginning may be a little off-putting and it Mm. may you know you you may be a little like what do i do how do i do this stick with it um if you've got the system to run it and you're in for a good story it's going to give it to you you're going to figure these things out it's just going to take a little bit of time a little bit of investment now speaking of story because that's the fun part about spoiler cast we can actually talk about all these things that i didn't want to spoil before 
Um, right. Such as things, and Jeff, you'll get this right away, as uh, the wonderful escapades of Delamain, um, who, like, one of the most interesting things, like, with the stories in this game is that they are continuously Delamain's the big one, right? But even if you, if you're going out there, you will randomly find more story points on the question mark, uh, side missions on the map, uh, really dealing with AI and existence, uh, everything from a vending machine that has this desire to want to form friendships with people, to a gun that uh, named Skippy that will go around and uh, kind of tell you he's limiting your kill options because you've decided to be a homicidal maniac with your power of weapon. Um, but Delamain is the biggest of all because Delamain is the taxi cab service in the game. It's an AI ran taxi cab service, and, and you run into him early on because he has a number of cabs that have gone rogue. And he wants your help wrangling them in. It's a good mission structure because it's probably the first set of side missions that takes you across to the vast majority of the map if you do them. But what makes them so damn memorable is, one, there are great Easter eggs in there, uh, including a portal one. But two, they go to a place of, like, asking what life is and, like... What what responsibility a sentient AI has to a company after it has that ability, you know, yeah, <laughs> as yeah. opposed to just doing what it wants <laughs> and yeah, that are so crazy and so awesome. Definitely a memorable quest. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> a whole quest line. Yeah. yeah. Because there's uh, what is there uh, ends up. The, so you got the um, Delabane is the the main AI that runs it, but he's got like eight or nine cars in his fleet that each develop their own personalities. Um, and they want to be, or some of them want to be uh, completely uh, independent. Um, they're like children. They're basically his children with all yeah. these different uh, personalities. It's definitely a great uh, quest line. That's for sure. Like, Most memorable. Yeah. The one with, uh, you get for like, cause at first I thought it was just going to be chase. I thought it was going to be like crazy taxi, right? Just chase down the crazy taxi. And, and that was it. But then you do like the GLaDOS one and you, she has you get into the car and you hear the way the AI voice sounds and already like red flags start going up. Right. You know, you're just like, this, this is already bad. I know that AI, I, I know this voice. And then she starts talking about cake uh, and she basically drives you to an ambush and <laughs> kicks you out. Like this is, yeah. that's the best part. And then even later on, once you think you're done with the mission, it, it does a good job of recalling itself because Delamain starts having a full mental breakdown and you go into this AI plant that is completely running haywire. Like you go into a room of just taxis driving into each other and crashing and bots are flying around shooting at you. It, it's quite crazy and eventually puts you into a, a place where, you know, I think for those who are fans of the Witcher, this is what you love is being asked to make choices where there's not necessarily a black or white option. It is all very gray and you are not sure how things will turn out. Like what is yeah. the better option for you as the player? Yeah, that was uh hard for me because you know it like you said it gives you those uh i guess morale choices yes you know and 
do I pull the plug on this, you know, character or do I, you know, what do I do? And the whole time I'm playing, I'm playing along the lines of like with the mindset of like a, a Red Dead, right? Where it puts it, the meter, that game puts the meter in your face yeah. that says, okay, this is your good and bad meter. And these actions will push you this way or this way. As I play through Cyberpunk, there is no in-your-face meter, so mm -hmm. the whole time I'm wondering, how are these decisions going to impact my outcome? And I can tell you in a spoiler cast that they don't seem to impact your outcome in any way, really. No, um, that's the one disappointing part. Yeah, you, you, I mean, it may affect that one quest line, mm -hmm. but outside of that, your overall character development, there's really no impact to your character development. I'm, I'm trying to remember, didn't we, because I feel like we did talk about this line, didn't we choose different outcomes for the AI? Like, I thought you did what Johnny wanted, and I did, I, I did the other thing, I reset it, you know, and I'm wondering, like, so, after I reset it, um, basically, you know, Delmain rewarded me with uh, one of his cabs that I had to right. drive around. And like over time I could tell like that they were rehinting that it was, you know, even though it's never resolved, it's kind of left open like that. It's beginning to question uh, its place and become sentient again. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm reading here and you guys, I think this is exactly what you're talking about. At the end of that quest, you either have to destroy the core, reset the core or hack the core. Yeah. Right. I reset and then, it. And that's the kind of choices that the games make. And each one of those represent maybe a neutral, a good, a bad, or like Jeff said, they, they all have consequences, well, but they're no, sequential. It seems like they have consequence, but like, well, we're getting to the point, like Jeff, did you get the same car? Did you, did like the AI cab service still exist after you made your decision to just destroy it? Um, I honestly can't remember Chris. Ah. Um, the one thing I remember from that, cause like you said, that was early play early on in the play um, was that, like you said, I took what Johnny, because essentially what you're deciding to do is to free the, the children cars or the, yeah, the mindsets exactly of the children. Does. You're, you're either freeing them or you're basically resetting them so that yeah. they, you know, Everything they have a recollection of their own personalities. And Johnny's telling you, you know, just, just, reset them well i did and to my memory nothing really happens mm -hmm. and chris was like well i took the opposite route um and i was rewarded a car and i'm like well then i'm gonna restart this you know from my last save and i'm gonna get that car mm -hmm. but yeah, outside of destroying that it, destroying it you get the car okay right. so or something like that so basically yeah, I yeah. but i mean <laughs> like they're um <laughs> I mean, there are other ones, too, where I think more so driven, like, uh, you did the politician and his wife's mission, right? Like, where you meet them yes, yes. first with River. And that's, like, one where, for me at least, it's suddenly cut off. Like, there's the part where you're, the wife has begun to remember. So, like, in this storyline, basically, you meet this couple that isn't kind of, like, the path that guides you to one of the major side characters, River. Uh, but they have their own branching thing where one of them is a politician and it, and it's him and his wife and they kind of call you to their, uh, their apartment to say like, Hey, we think there was some kind of weird dream scenario, but there's no evidence that someone actually broke into our place. Can you investigate this? And you, over many hours, you start to piece together that basically there are these corporations that are hacking the politician and his wife 
deleting memories and kind of manipulating yeah. their personality traits to make them more desirable for elections so that then they can later on take control and have them put in place policies they want, which is a really cool idea, right? But um, on the flip side, there's a part late in the story where the wife begins to kind of figure out that something is going on, but she doesn't want you to tell your husband. I told the husband, I don't know what you did, Jeff. And then all of a sudden, yeah, like, I think I told him about 24 hours later, I just suddenly got a text saying like your services are no longer needed and just drops it from there. And you don't really ever get a real follow up on it. At least I didn't um, yeah. in my time period. So I'm wondering, like, that's the ones I have some desire where at least when I go back and I do replay this, I'm definitely interested to see if I take the other path and I do not tell him, does that storyline continue in some way? Well, and there's, you know, I won't go on and on with these. There was just one other that stood out in my head was the fact that, um, you know, once you hit a certain point, or at least once I hit a certain point, I'm wondering what is going to be the impact of my decision. Is there going to be an impact? Um, and it's down to that. That's kind of a, a main storyline one, sort of. But there was one as simple as one of the random, you know, NPCs or whatever you run into on the street. There's there's a concept in the game called uh, brain dances, which is basically VR to a certain extent without yeah. going too far down that rabbit hole. But you put on these these glasses and all of a sudden you have VR experiences. Well, a guy on the side of the street says, hey, um, you know, I've got this uh, brain dance you can watch. It's got some good video on it, right, <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I want to see this. And he says, um, it's like $15,000 or something but it's really good. Well, I bought it from him. Hmm. And before I watched it, I don't know why, but before I watched it, I was like, I went, I went to old internet and I looked up, you know, what's the outcome of this? What, why is he, what is this? Well, turns out the response is do not watch this brain dance. <laughs> and I'm like, why not? You know? And it's the result is you lose all of your equipment, you oh, lose that sucks. all of your guns and you can't get it back. Oh. You lose everything. So I immediately went back to the guy, didn't watch it, watch it, and I chose the option that says, you know, forget this, give me all my money back, and you put a gun to his head, he gives you all your money back. The whole point in that story is the fact that the outcome would have been I'd have lost everything yeah. and wouldn't have been able to get it back. So there's, you know, there's immediate results to your choices, but there sure. doesn't seem to be any long-term story character choice. It it you know. feels like, especially with the main, like, cause you know, you do have these little side quests that are, you know, some of them do have stories. Like, let's not get it. Like uh, the vast majority are go get said thing or kill said person or hack said item for me. Right. Like as far as the question marks on the map. And then the, the fun part is finding the ones that are really different and unique and kind of like something that's out of the ordinary right but then there's the main side quest where i would say all of them are leading you to the same place right as far as the storyline the choices themselves don't necessarily matter it's more maybe like how that character might perceive you in certain ways primarily i would say especially like whatever the one person in the game that you can have or one of two people in the game uh, you can have a romantic link up with, right? Like, so for, right, for, right, so right. since Jeff and I were both playing as hetero males, it was mainly like the choices with Pan Am, you had to do specific things if you want to end up, uh, 
having a relationship with Pan Am that was more than just, uh, you know, buddy, buddy, right? Like as far as she's an ally versus like Julie, uh, I, I think I said this before, uh, you know, like I thought of all the ones that I talked to in this game, that was the one I first really identified like, man, this, I, I really like this character and I really want to be like, if there, if I was allowed to do a romantic option, I would have done it with her. Right. And it was like, no matter what I was doing, I think I still would have ended up at the same place where we do that scuba dive together. And then she just leaves afterwards. Right. It just would have been, Oh, because I was a female V I also could have hooked up with her if I want to, um, you know, and I think that plays all out in the end when you come to the end of the game, which really seems to be more so the choices that you've kind of made in the game, I think. And really it's more of like the time you invest in the game more than the choices, right? Is what gives you your options for how you decide to end the game because spoiler cast, we can all, say now like no matter what you're going to end up not being v at some point the question is one how are you going to go to arasaka tower to do this final mission and two how are you going to choose to to end your existence basically right yeah i mean because it goes as far as to give you the the quick way out yeah right before yeah take that gun hit, yeah right before you hit the end road all right here's where i got to decide i'm going to end this thing Oh yeah, you could also take the gun and take the quick way out. Yeah, it does do that, um, and then apparently the game just ends at that point, and that's yeah. the end of it. And you never see any of the uh, the the rest of the paths yeah. that that lead you, you know, and then, out. Like for if you don't do that, it's more of like, okay, do you want Johnny to be in control of this mission? Do you want to go that route? Well, here's with those relationships you have. Here's how that's going to play out. Versus if you've took the time to take Pan Am on as a friend. You can call in her assistance, right? Uh, if you haven't done any of this, you just have to go to Arasaka and hope it goes well. And I believe from what I've read, that's like the really bad ending um, in terms of how it ends up. And isn't that, I think there's one more with Judy um, too, that uh, I'm not recalling right now, but yeah, like, there's when I finished the when I finished the game, uh, based on the choices I made at the end, because that's where they really matter. Yeah. Um, with the choices you make at the very end of the game, um, I ended up taking the Pan Am route um, and attacking Arasaka Tower. Um, but you know, it, it's it's awesome how there is that matrix component yeah. of how that is the, that is the physical battle that takes place, but then the uh, what's the cyber mental you know yeah what's her i cannot that is amazing in itself so yeah like johnny's old girlfriend that basically was why he ended up getting captured originally in his life and dying was uh was his ex-girlfriend and basically she got captured by arasaka and became this sentient soul killer yeah yeah she becomes like the sentient AI that has been living in the dark web for the last 50 years, just amassing power. And she yes. finally gets unleashed in this final mission and takes down a whole entire cyber uh, security company or corporations infrastructure in maybe 20 seconds. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I, I really wish like she was the one character. I really do wish there was more. Cause she was freaking interesting. Like just hearing how she talked about existence 
uh, and all those things was, was kind of crazy. Uh, especially if she's like with no malice laying out the reality that Johnny and V are facing after you reach the end. Right. And it's like, yeah, well, no matter what V is ending, you know, yeah. uh, just a choice of how you want to end it, I guess. <laughs> you know, and I really wanted to see, go back, play through each ending, but mm. YouTube satisfied that need for me, Agreed. Uh, which, you know, it, it's, it's going to show you what you want to see. So well, I'm trying right. to remember. So you said you chose Pan Am and then yeah. did you choose to end your life as V or did you let Johnny just go ahead and take control of your life? No, I continued as V. Okay. Johnny, so Johnny left with, uh, uh, what's her name in the, uh, Oh, with soul killer. Yes. Okay. So, um, so, so I rode off into the sunset with the nomads. Okay. And basically spend out your last days with them. Yeah. Okay. So I went the way of, uh, so first off I did the mission with Johnny is in control where it's Johnny and rogue taking on, uh, air socket together for one last time. Rogue dies in the invasion. So that was very sad. Um, and then afterwards I chose to be V I wake up in the hotel and Pan Am is there. And basically she says like, look, you know, you say you got to do this, go do it. And basically I go off into space to do one last heist to screw some other corporation. And that's the way I go out. It's like going to a casino on the moon or something like that yeah. <laughs> and, and shooting them out is the way they, they tell you it ends. Um, but you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the end because I, I guess maybe I was hoping that like all these relationships and things I built, like, I guess they kind of do a little bit, right? Like where it does open the options of where, how are you going to approach this last mission? I was maybe hoping though, it would be more like something like Mass Effect 2's thing. Cause I know you might play Mass Effect, so I won't spoil it heavily here, but Mass Effect 2's like whole entire guidance is a, you're going on a suicidal mission at the end. Right. Yeah. And therefore the reason you go and get this big ship crew and build them up and get relationships is it's improving your chances of success of that mission. I was hoping for something similar here, like where, you know, my relationships with the nomads and having like maybe Judy's brain dance abilities and maybe rivers detective work. Right. And maybe just carry celebrity, um, whatever, like all those things would tie together with rogues underground, uh, mafia, you know, leadership skills to make this assault on Arasaka. Right. And instead it was just like, no, pick your poison. That was more of what it was, um, with really Carrie and river just kind of being tossed to the side. If we're going to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed how it ended. Um, it was relatively because you asked me when I said it, I, I finished you said, it. You said, what do you think? And I said, bittersweet. Yeah. that's what It you was said. bittersweet. You know, a lot of time invested. Um, it wasn't the, the glorious ending. It also wasn't a depressing ending. Yeah. It was just bittersweet and it was really worth my time. I enjoyed it. Uh, again, that's on a computer that can handle it. Um, I do wonder if we get past the negativity, is there more to be had in this world? Will there be DLC that will give me so. more story from V's perspective or maybe a new character that lives in this world? Um, cause I really do want to spend more time in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like there's a lot more to be had. Um, 
but I'm, I just feel like I wonder if they've reached a point that that, that may never, never happen. I don't know. I think, honestly, they'll just do a – I wouldn't be surprised if there's never paid DLC. If they if like their love letter to people, it's just going to be here. You go here is what we were planning to charge you for. That's Would why. you guys be excited? You guys talked about River, and I was mm-hmm. of course leading up to this recording. There's a parent. I don't know if it's a mission, like a main mission or a side mission, but it's called the Hunt, mm-hmm. and it has to do with uh, of, of a kidnapping and somebody who's in a coma. Oh God, yeah. And- oh yeah that's yeah a lot of people are saying that's the best mission in the game and that it could spawn a i don't know if it's it's a dlc or a standalone just just mission Mm -hmm. but like that murder mystery vibe that it has detective work that people like that vein that it struck yeah that's like one of the better i agree like that's one of the better side stories that you go through and i think like we we all kind of read like maybe Maybe Carrie of all of them is the weakest of the main side story people, right? But like, especially River and Judy and and Pan Am, their stories are all compelling. His is very interesting because it is so unique, and it does. Um, for those who love things like Blade Runner, it's probably the one point in the game that feels like it's taking those noir inspirations that Blade Runner was so big on back in the day. But like. I think if there was one part I hope with DLC story going in the future, take the detective side of what River was doing and add in more of the brain dance element stuff that you were got you got a couple of times in this game, right? But I was really hoping like there was gonna be a ton of side missions to go do brain dance like mysteries and solve those out. I would love to do that because that's one of the funnest and coolest parts of that game. Yeah, they didn't tap into that vein quite deep enough. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But but you did like what you got and kind of could you would play some more. I mean, I yeah. was reading the ones um, that the ones that you, that were good were really good. The quest lines that were good, they were really good. Yeah. The the any other ones were more along the lines of just you know felt like filler. But but yes, those those were good. Yeah. Uh, even like um man, what was the other uh the racing one with uh yes. the the, the girl from the bar like where you start to. Even the way that ends, it, it, man, I kind of struggled to be like, well, do I want to kind of get this friend of mine to kill her or do I want to be the person that talks her out of it? I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you boys feel like you spoiled enough? I think we've spoiled a good bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure as soon as this is over, I'll, I'll think you know, oh, why in the world? Because anytime you listen to someone discuss a game like this, you're like, how did you guys not even talk about this? You know, but I'm sure there's something out there, but yeah, but I, I feel like we've, we've given it. It's just, but, and that's the I thing mean, we try to do on spoiler cast. We, we spoil, we, we don't hold back from if something does come up, but our goal isn't to tell you this is what the the menu screen is. This is what you do next. It, it, yeah. I, I mean, like for me, I did that review. Right. Like, yeah, I've told everyone the various issues and pluses I've had on this game. Um, And, you know, go listen to that. if That's what you want to hear from me and listen to Jeff's opening part of this. I think you get a good idea of how he feels about it. Um, But, you know, the fun part about the spoiler cast, it's just like with Last of Us Part Two, like being able to go and like, let's talk about that fight at the very end. Yeah. You know, things like I mean, that. For, <laughs> for, for me, 
you know, being a guy who hasn't played it, I've sat in on the spoiler cast. I've saw the hype that was built up. Mm -hmm. I listened to your review of it. Uh, and Jeff, Jeff made a great point that they, they, they showed the game almost like it was going to be GTA or videos you watched. It looked like it was like first person fighting type stuff, but at its core, it's an RPG. But then now you flip it over and you go, some of these things that I'm reading during the spoiler cast, like the hunt very intriguing and i do i do think now i'm on that list of yeah i wasn't first adopter mm -hmm. let let this game maybe have another patch we love a good patch or maybe let it go on even more of a sale somewhere yeah you know and i think i'm kind of interested to play it just kind of at my own leisure and kind of see where I mean, it goes i'm know? almost yeah, it was it was sad for me to know, to see the negativity that it went through, mm -hmm. or maybe some would say still go through. Um, it was sad for me to see that because there is a good game here. Yes. There is a, a beautiful game here. There is a, a very interesting game here um, that maybe it's only designed, or maybe it's, maybe you need to have a certain system to get that out of it. And I, I hate that for it. But you can't. I, I. It just hurt me to see all the bad things that were say, being said about what I considered a a good game. It, it it was a fun, good, interesting game. Yeah. You know. If you had a, I mean, they know my Richard. Uh, what's your Richard on this, Jeff? Before we get out of here. Um, like I, I put it at about an eight point nine. If that's a thing. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. That's that's strong. Yeah. So, John, I mean, if I, you're listening, well, I don't know why you'd be listening to a spoiler cast on this. That's once again Resident Evil, two, uh, six, uh, and Cyberpunk 2077. Hey, can, can I say in defense of the Resident <laughs> Evil thing, I don't change my stance. Okay. Uh, you should. I, I just did, I just didn't get a lot out of the uh, uh, a, a remake. It just wasn't that big for me. But my son Holden. He loved that. that. That game made him a at you know he's he's he just turned twelve, a Resident Evil fan. I'm talking about he has bought. He 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 is now just engulfed in the Resident Evil world. Hmm. He has played every game he can get his hands on. He loved the game and he loves the entire Resident Evil series. He well, loves wait till he grows up and hears your appearance on this podcast. <laughs> Have you shown him the trailer for eight yet? <laughs> The most um, recent one. <laughs> I don't know if he's seen it or not, honestly. Mm. Well, I'm um, speaking of seeing things. I do see some emails here, so if you boys are ready, yeah, I um, think so. I don't, I don't, I don't like wrapping things up. Uh, it's a little weird. It's, it's Groundhog Day, <laughs> day after Groundhog, and things are just weird today. It's fine. Too old for that mess. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Electronic mail from the future. Of course, this is the part of the show that if you want to be cool and actually write into us and we talk back to you, you can do that in many ways. The first one we always do is by email. And if you're like, hey, Sean, what's the email? Well, it's uh, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. 
We've got one in there we're going to read this week. And if your name is Vince, guess what? Chris oh. is about to read your email. AKA Overblown Truth. He titled this Tiggle Biddies. That's just a great name for an email. Hey, guys. Hey. Short and sweet. Hey. <laughs> Very simple question. What is the future of gaming? Uh, are we going to see Death Stranding remastered with a real Norman Reedus running around a fantastic real-looking world? Can games only get so good? Are we going to be playing games Ready Player One style? What do you guys think and what do you want? P.S. Love you, John. Hey, we love you too, Vince. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, you know, you're cool for writing that email, Vince, until you proclaimed your love for John. John yeah, now kidding. Yeah. Thank you for the email, dude. I, Chris, do you, Jeff? I'm sure you do. I think about this all the time. Yeah, like th- how how next gen can graphics get, and how can we not get to a point where we're Ready Player Ones? Well, hey, speaking of Ready Player One, I just want to mm-hmm. throw it out there: when there is an official, uh, dedicated show to VR. I want to be part of it because okay. I have, I think you've heard me talk about it several times. I have very strong opinions on VR and, and the fact that it's, it's, it's under tapped so far and that it's going to go into areas that go beyond gaming. Um, and there's, a, I think there's a lot of talk about there that I, w- I want to do so one day. Okay. 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 You just, you just basically did an interview for our VR show one day. I appreciate <laughs> yes. it. You're really yes. good. Hey, you um, made the short list. I'll tell you that much. All right. Vince, I'll just give you the immediate future, which is uh, delays. There are going to be a lot of delays over the next 12 months. So you should probably get your hopes low instead of up. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure we'll see more transcendent worlds and, uh, you know, just pushing the medium forward as in ways that we probably even can, can't We even don't even imagine. know that is a way that they can go yet. Chris is probably, you know, closer to that. Yeah. I do hope there is a VR style world. Mm. that doesn't have a cumbersome cum, cumbersome headset yeah that's more you know that i can put on like a a shirt that vibrates and i can get on a treadmill if i want i can that it would be very cool i want the, gonna happen. <laughs> i want the uh visor i was watching uh best of the worst on red layer media where they watch these terrible random movies that they select for each other to watch and one of them they had VR and this is like an eighties movie and it's just a visor. It's like a, a plastic sheet in front of her. I was like, that's the one I need. I need just like that weighs less than an ounce on my head. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's the only email we're going to read this week from uh, our email. That's weekly game at Gmail. Uh, you know, spoiler cast can go long, but we don't want to miss out on that stuff. Yeah. Hey, I haven't plugged. Go ahead, Chris. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I, I haven't plugged our Discord yet, which, um, you know, we're the best podcast in the world as far as video games go. Our Discord is tap natch. Um, we still have pinned on Twitter, which I'll get to in a minute, our invite to our Discord. But if, if you don't know what Twitter is or you don't want to go there, there are ways to get our invite. And occasionally, and I've been doing this more frequently, we have a listener area called emails. And I'll go in there and I'll say, hey, it's recording day. Do you got anything you want to say? And I did that today. Uh, the Buffalo 68 said, who else? And this is perfect because it broke today and we talked about it. Who mm. else is excited for NCAA football to come back? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm more of a fan of the NFL. And then he says, S-K-O-L. I do not know what that means. Um, then college. But I always love the college game. I just get bummed that it'll be a couple years before it's released. He's probably right on that. Draven, Draven, is it Draven or Draven? Always mess it up, Chris. And I'm going to always mess it up, and I'm always going to ask you. Uh, I think you go either way. All right. He says, when are you going to go full-time podcasting after cashing in on the GameStop stocks? Um, Turns well, out. 
Fun fact. Uh, the reason John isn't here this week was he flipped <laughs> us all off because when the stock was at 450 last week, um, we have not heard from John today. Uh, thoughts and prayers for John. I don't know what thoughts his stock and prayers. Price is Happy, uh, you know, stock uh, retirement, John. Hey, hey uh, I wanted to be sure before I said this because I thought this is what it means. Skull is a reference to the Vikings, the, the uh, oh. Minnesota Vikings. That's their fights on Skull. Okay, okay. And that makes sense. I actually get it now. Um, the, the defense back in the day used to be called the Purple People Eaters, I think. Yeah. Or something along those lines. And, uh, yeah, the Vikings. Uh, and finally, over there on the weekly game chat Discord email section, Punkhead said uh, that me and five others were going to be giving Destruction All-Stars a shot tonight. Uh, the Richard rating, he put Chubb rating, Nick Chubb, uh, would be to follow. Hilarious. Yeah, that's for free yeah. right now. On uh, it, it, It's for free 99, boys. PS you know? Plus. So if you so got yeah, it, go get it. And as you see here, that's two ways you can get in touch with us. Discord, best Discord on the planet. Emails, weekly games, weekly games chat at gmail.com. And then, of course, we have a socials, uh, and we have it in the form of Twitter, which is just simply at weekly games chat. It's been a little slow recently. I don't know why. It's fine if it is. I mean, you know, Twitter is what it is. It has its ups and downs. But uh, at M underscore John underscore K was the first person to let me know that the breaking news of EA Sports rebooting the college football series was a thing i liked your tweet thank you so much for that we do not have any um direct messages which is also fine because we are getting ready to uh you know kind of beat right here towards the end of the show but i do have a new follow uh at pcb4 underscore five Hmm. uh we all are looking around like we wonder what that pcb stands for is it the one we know who knows but thank you for the follow, following you back. If Again, if you want to be cool and follow us, follow us on Twitter, at Weekly Games Chat. If you want to send emails, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. And if you're like, do you have a Discord? Yes, we do. We'll get you an invite. Yeah. Um, other than that, Chris, this has been episode... 293. Oh, no. two, I was going to say 293. Episode 293. Uh, before we get into all the game ons and everything, I do want to thank Jeff for taking time out of his day. He is a dad. Uh, he is a husband. He is a dog owner. He's got a lot of things going on and he took his time to be with us. And I am a uh, gamer and thank and, you for having me. Yes, sir. And, yes, and any, anytime you. we can get you on, I'm always going to be excited to have you on. Shout out to Chris for making that happen this time for sure. I've, I've been trying to hold my excitement down since we started. <laughs> You can't even stand up right now. He didn't know how to play. Like when I came back to ask him, I was like, you want to come on? And he was like, I don't want to just text right back because then, you know, he'll know I really want to be on. He's got to do the thing. (laughs) But yeah, episode 293, excellent show, Jeff. Uh, And without further ado, if there's any, if there's not any last minute comments or, you know, things, I'll simply say to Jeff, game on Jeff and game on to Chris. Game on Sean and game on Chris. Game on, Sean. Game on, Jeff. Thank you for coming on again. Yes, sir. And with that, peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. You going to say your thing, Jeff? Huh, squeezing on my money. There you go. Yeah.
Hey everyone, this is Rob and Jay from the Classic Gaming Podcast. We uh, play and talk about old school video games on our podcast. I know you probably couldn't have guessed that from the name of it, but uh, as for me, I tend to prefer the old, the good old point-and-click adventure game genre. I also like strategy games. I play a lot of a wide variety of stuff. Uh, uh, as for Jay? Yeah, I'm really partial to RPGs and RTSs, so things like Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger to that of StarCraft or Age of Empires. Um, generally at the podcast, we try to stay on topic, but we usually end up going off on super, super far tangents. Give us a listen over at the HP Video Game Podcast Network. You can also find us at ClassicGamingPodcast.com, and uh, we hope you check us out.